What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me on Friday, as always, from the Ball Blast Football Podcast and NFL.com, Michelle Maju. Hey, hey. What's up, Michelle? We've been uh, arguing, I feel like, all week through text. So this should be a fun, fun episode. Before we get to that, because I think it's going to get a little... It's going to get a little testy on the show today. I just want to tell everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. It has been so cool this week to see all your Spotify raps that people are sending us. It is incredible to see that some of you have spent thousands of minutes of your year with us. That just blows my mind. Amazing. And it is in no small part to you, Michelle, and the team we have here at Niners Nation. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you to everyone who listens. That's huge. That's amazing. We are the fastest growing 49ers podcast on the planet. That's in part to people like Edgar M7, who wrote a review, five stars, subject The Rock. I've been a listener for about two years now. At first, I was skeptical since you live on the East Coast, but you proved me wrong. Then Michelle Maju joined the show, and I was again leery, being that she was a Steelers fan. But again, I was pleasantly proven wrong. Stats, you nail it every week. I share your passion and frustrations, your ups and downs. My two favorite shows are The Gold Standard with Levin and The Gold Diggers with Michelle. I can't decide which is best. Each co-host is excellent. Edgar, thank you. And Michelle, you are excellent. So thank you again. I was going to say, it's definitely me over Levin. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I want to see you guys battle it out again. We got to do that one. Uh, people didn't like that because we never, neither of us would give it. That's true. You know? Speaking of battles, let's get into it on the show today. We'll get to the Dolphins game. We're going to preview all of that. But I have to tell everybody, I'm getting messages from Michelle on Sunday, and she is ripping mad during the game, mad. The 49ers win 13-0, to keep in mind, and Michelle is furious texting me Kyle Shanahan slander left, right, and center. <laughs> we got into it. I was not doing my work because I was literally texting with you, Michelle. Well, and that was more on Monday too. We're going back and forth and I definitely was uh, slacking on my work. There. <laughs> I had to work extra late because yes. I was not getting my work done. And I was like, okay, I probably should have stopped texting stats. I am getting frustrated with this offense. They are not doing even close to what they should be doing. I get they destroyed the Cardinals fine, but you played a very, very bad Saints defense and put up 13 points on the season. They're only averaging 22.6 points per game. That's just not good enough. I'm sorry. You're not going to make the Super Bowl with that, with that number, not even close to that number. And if it was like, okay, they're getting it done, but you know, they don't have a ton of pieces and you know, they had to go with Jimmy instead of Trey fine, but you have the most stacked offense in the NFL or at least top three stacked. You need to be scoring more points than you are. There is zero reason to be having these struggles. I don't care if Debo is banged up and CMC was banged up. Like you have so many options. Use them. I so sick of them not using George Kittle correctly or Debo down the field when he is healthy. It's just getting so frustrating. And I think on top of that, right, I get frustrated so much quicker because I am a Steelers fan and I've seen terrible offense now for so long. <laughs> I just want to see a good offense, please. With a team I like, can you please like, can we put up some points, please? So first, let me say, I share your frustration. I'd like to see them score more. I think they should be scoring more than 22 points a game. I get that. I'm on board with that feeling. But 
They are seven and four. So would I like to see them put up 20 against the Saints? Sure. But they still It's not win. about the regular season at this point, though, because I think in the NFC, as long as they don't have a meltdown and just destroy the end of the season, like they're gonna make the playoffs. They're a playoff team, a hundred percent. They're good enough to make the playoffs. Their defense is great. The issue for me is once you get into the playoffs, if you do have to face one of these better offenses or say you get to the Super Bowl and you have to go up against the Chiefs or the Dolphins or the Bills, can you stay with them if, hey, your defense gives up 20, 25 points? Let's say, God forbid, they give up 30. Can Do you have an offense that can go back and forth in a shootout? And I don't know if they do. They should. They have a brilliant play caller, what we like to say. He's like, you know, the most brilliant play caller of all time that can't score points and a stacked offense put up some damn points. <laughs> one of the last 20 teams to make the Super Bowl. So the last 10 years of Super Bowls, there's been one team to score under 24.6 points per game. So two points more than what the Dolphins are doing. That was the 2015 Broncos with an old broken Peyton Manning, and they were scoring 22.2 points per game. So pretty much the exact same as the 49ers this year. That's just one of 20 teams to score less than 24.6. The 49ers aren't doing enough right now to prove that they're true Super Bowl contenders that can win if they go up against a great offense. That's a completely fair criticism. I wish you would let me try and guess the Super Bowl team, but I would have got that wrong. So sorry. The question is, will they have to score that many points? We don't know that. Last year in the playoffs, they played three top 10 offenses, and those teams combined to average less than 16 points a game against the 49ers. So this defense is going to have to carry the load. I agree with you. I think that much is clear. Why do they have to? That's my frustration. Why do they have to? Because the 49ers have been... I'm going to say hideously bad. It actually works out to average at scoring touchdowns when they get in the red zone. Right now, they have scored touchdowns on just 55% of their red zone possessions. That is 16th in the league. So literally the middle of the league. That's it. To me, that's the answer. Because Jimmy Garoppolo has not been turning the ball over this year, which is usually the thing that I would point to as the reason why they don't score enough points. But that's not the case this year. They just struggle to put up sevens in the red zone instead of threes. And I think part of it is that Kyle Shanahan doesn't go for it more on fourth down. Like that he's giving him, he's taking away one more chance to score a touchdown. Now I do think he's starting to maybe change his mind a little bit on that. We saw him go for it last week against the saints, which was a thousand percent, the right decision to go for it. Hopefully maybe he's starting to realize like, we, we have to do this because we just need to score more points. But to me, that's the biggest reason. They can't stick it in the damn end zone when they get down there. Yeah, I was going to point out that fact that they're right middle of the pack with 27 offensive touchdowns this year. And I just wanted to name out the teams behind them, right? Because you're saying, okay, middle of the pack. Well, okay, middle of the pack. A, you should be way higher than that with the weapons you have, but fine. I agree. These are the teams behind them. The Cardinals, the Falcons, Commanders, Giants, Jets, Titans, Patriots, Panthers, Rams, Colts, Buccaneers, Steelers, Texans, Broncos. Are you scared of any of those teams in the slightest? Maybe the Titans. That's it. Not really. Not scared of. No. But those are like the worst offenses <laughs> in the league besides the Titans because Derrick Henry is just a god. It's surprising that the Bucks are behind them because you would think because when you get to the red zone, 
It's can you run the ball in a limited space? Do you have a They're not behind them. I don't know about in red zone offense. I don't have that up uh, right now, but just in offensive touchdowns, they're behind them. Okay. They're like one of the worst in the league. The Buccaneers suck. <laughs> Good, because we're playing them in a couple of weeks. So uh, that's, <laughs> let's keep that going. Yeah, it's it's been frustrating. And I think part of it is they don't have a bruiser, like a short yardage running back, although I, I'm hoping that that's what maybe Jordan Mason can be. Um, they don't – when you get in the red zone, you got to have a guy that can stick it and make quick decisions and deliver the ball accurately in the smallest of windows, right? Because there's less space in the red zone to work with. You got to have a guy that can make a decision quickly and jam it in accurately. And that's not Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw it last week on that possession where they went for it on fourth down against the Saints and didn't get it. The third down play is a throw to Juwan Jennings. Garoppolo sees the guy. He's open. He throws the ball. The problem is the ball placement wasn't perfect. It was thrown to Jennings' inside shoulder instead of his outside shoulder. If it's thrown to his outside shoulder, he can turn and go towards the pylon and maybe score. We don't know if he scores or not. But that's that play has to be perfectly executed for it to score. It wasn't. You want to blame Kyle? That's fine. But you're telling me why they haven't scored? It's because when you got to make throws in tight, tight windows, that's not the strength of this offense. Yeah, and I get that. Like, maybe... Well, the issue is everyone's like, oh, my God, Jimmy Garoppolo is performing so great, like so much better than he was prior. And he is in certain situations and not turning it over. He is making some bigger, big time throws, like more of those. But the issue is, okay, if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo's fault and you have a loaded offense, then whose fault is it? It has to be someone's because I don't care if you say, well, they're middle of the pack and they're winning. It's like there is. They shouldn't be middle of the pack. Why are you middle of the pack? That's like, I mean, they're scoring the same amount of points per game as, well, I don't have that up, but they're, they're say, sorry, they're in the same red zone touchdown percentage as the Jets, Saints, and Bears, like right there in that group. Those teams either have, you know, with the Jets, the worst quarterback of all time with Zach Wilson, <laughs> or the Saints and Bears, they're really lacking playmakers on their offense like with injuries or just the bears don't have any. There's no reason to be in that group when it comes to red zone percentage. The other thing you said, cause I think we're in agreement there. They should be better. But the other thing you said that really just got under my skin, the exact quote was Mike McDaniel greater than Kyle Shanahan quote by a lot. Yep. I'm sticking to it. And I just don't think there's enough data to go to say that with any degree of certainty whatsoever. Maybe not a degree of certainty. Maybe I'm being confident and cocky, but I, I think Mike McDaniel is a better play caller in his short career. Yeah, it's been short, but he's been with Tua as a starting quarterback. They've been dominant. And I did hear on the podcast yesterday, you said, well, they haven't really faced anybody as of late, which is true. They faced a lot of bad defenses, but you can't use that. And also bring up how dominant the 49ers defense is because you go through their schedule and it's crap, 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 crap. So you can't, yes, 49ers defense has been amazing with the schedule they've had, which is all you can ask for. Been absolutely amazing. But the Dolphins have been absolutely amazing with the schedule they have. So you can't use it both ways. Absolutely amazing? With two of us. scoring yes, a field goal more a game than the Niners on the year. 28 points per game with Tua as the starting quarterback. Okay, so that's like, two why, field goals. Why are we year. counting when Skylar Thompson was starting? Well, because yes, 
28 points to 22. That's a touchdown more a game. That's six more points a game. That's a huge difference. One touchdown more a game. That I mean. Yes, I mean. That's what we're the, that's what we're complaining about. That's huge on when it comes to a this big of a sample size at this point. 11 games. Here's the thing with Mike McDaniel. Nobody. The data on him is so limited, right? Defenses have not had much time to study what he's doing. They have the games this year, of course, but that's it. When Kyle Shanahan was basically in Mike McDaniel's shoes in 2019, the Niners were second in points per game in the league. So, like, what I'm saying is a couple years from now, McDaniel could be in the same boat as Kyle because there's more data available on Kyle. So, I do think it's not You know what Mike McDaniel does? You know what Mike McDaniel does that Kyle Shanahan just seems so inconsistent at doing? What's that? Getting the ball into his best playmaker's Very hand. true. And you know the one year that the 49ers were really consistent at getting the ball into their best playmaker's hands in the correct way was when Mike McDaniel was calling plays with Devo Samuel. Well, first of all, like, oh, McDaniel's maybe. never called plays. With okay, the but he was there with a strong right influence. but he was there when they stunk too because like you said they've only had one really good year on offense right so that's my that's what's frustrating to me but you say why are they using Devo differently this year that's the one piece right Mike McDaniel's gone well McDaniel was the run game coordinator still <laughs> oh, come on now these things do matter you don't think he had a big hand in the offense absolutely I think he had a I think in both parts of the offense he had a huge hand absolutely but let's not act like the 49ers were killing everybody offensively when mcdaniel was there and now he's gone no, but they knew how to get the ball into their best playmakers hands right well when you hand it to debo that helps <laughs> yeah exactly but this year it's like okay no matter what we're getting the ball to tyree kill and jalen waddle and they'll do the rest that is and that's all that 100 percent fair absolutely fair i think tyreek leads the league and catches and Jalen Waddle still has just absolutely absurd production. Um, yeah, he'll leads the league in receiving yards. Also, too. in this furious storm of texts from you was the phrase Kyle Shanahan is quote such a bad coach, and quote <laughs> he is a terrible coach. Okay, I was just being. Uh, you're not supposed to tell these texts. <laughs> you know, this is just what I'm. This is just what I'm frustrated. Obviously, I'm being over the top okay. there. He's. I'm being over the top. All right. That's good. Cause yeah. I was ready to come at you today with yeah. that. I, I don't, I don't mean that I'm getting frustrated by his inconsistencies and I don't think we can call him this, the, the smartest offensive play caller. And he's just such a wizard when you can't score points with a loaded offense. The, those two things cannot match. You have to put, start putting up more points. And I think in this game, you're going to have to put up 25 points at least and it's one of those things maybe the defense does well at first like they're doing well in the first half the 49ers need to put up points to have that comfortable lead because we know the Dolphins can score like this like one big play and all of a sudden the game switches I mean we, you saw with the Ravens game they were up by what 20 points in the fourth quarter and the Dolphins came back just like that. So this is one of those things. This can't just be, oh, well, we have a 13 to three lead and going into halftime or seven to, you know, you got to put up points to make sure that you feel comfortable when you get into the fourth quarter and the Dolphins can't come back with one or two big plays. That's the issue. You just nailed it a thousand percent, right? Because people forget that Chiefs game at halftime this year was 14, 13 Chiefs. Like the defense was not getting worked, right? But 
you can only do that for so long, especially against a great offense. You you can't put your defense in a position where, well, you just have to stop them every time. And that's my biggest issue when the Niners get into these games is that you have to play with some urgency. You have to understand that every field goal you kick brings you closer to defeat. You need touchdowns. So when you get down there early in the game and you're on the 15-yard line and it's fourth down, fourth and two, fourth and three, go for it. You have to because you have to put pressure on them. You just cannot get by with field goals. And like I said, I hope that Kyle is starting to see this, but he didn't see it against the Chiefs, and historically he hasn't seen it. So I can't say I'm holding my breath this week. So I know you're not worried that the Dolphins are going to put up a lot of points in this game because the 49ers defense has been so good. I completely agree that they've been great, but this offense scares me more than it scares you in this matchup. So the 49ers are amazing at stopping the run 100%. But pass defense, they're not at the top of the league. They're 11th best, which is fine, but 11th best in passing yards per game allowed. They definitely have issues when it comes to their secondary, and they can be beat there. They cannot be beat in the run. That's fine. But the Dolphins don't run to win. They'll run just to run sometimes, but that's that's not their thing at all. They don't need to run to get their passing game going. They are strictly, I'm going to kill you with the passing game, and then we'll run it out at the end. It might not be great but we'll run it out once we're up by 30. That's fine. And then also the 49ers play zone defense 78% of the time, which is the fifth most in the NFL. Tua leads all quarterbacks in yards per pass attempt against zone defense. Top three is Tua, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, Mahomes destroyed the 49ers. Tua has nine passing touchdowns against zone coverage this year, behind only Joe Burrow, second in the league. Tyreek Hill leads the NFL in receiving yards versus zone coverage, and it's not even close. He has 980 yards (laughs) against zone coverage. Stephon Diggs is second with 829, and that's him playing last night, so an extra game. And then Jalen Waddell is third in the league at 780. So it goes Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddell. Maybe they play more man. Good luck in this. Yeah, exactly. They can't really do that though. I mean, they've only played man on 82% or sorry, 82 opponent dropbacks and they've allowed four touchdowns on those 82 dropbacks on 282 zone defensive plays. They've allowed five touchdowns. So man, they kind of, they kind of get burned quite a bit, allowing much more yards per attempt than man than zone. So I don't know if they can switch from that. And the Dolphins kind of destroy zone defense. They've only played one other team in the top six in zone defense percentage. It was Houston who, I mean, Tua had 290 passing yards in the first half last week. That Well, that's the bind that they put you in, right? Because they want you to play man defense. They're waiting for you to play man defense because you can't cover Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle in man-to-man defense. They're going to run past you. So... Now they figured out, like, we know what the defense is going to give us. They're mostly going to go zone because if they don't, we will destroy them. And they have cracked the code and figured out how to do that. What I This is the Armstead game, Michelle, on both sides of the ball. Teron Armstead is more than likely going to be out for Miami. And if he plays, he's playing with a partially torn pectoral muscle. That, that's huge. Teron being out is huge. But also on the other side of the ball, Eric Armstead said he's playing. That is massive in this game for the 49ers, because what you could have happen, you could have the Niners getting outside pressure on both sides of the ball. 
with Ebukam and Bosa. And now with Eric Armstead in there, you could also get pressure up the middle. That is going to be a huge improvement because that's the only way I feel like that the Niners can really disrupt this Dolphins offense is getting pressure on Tua. He's been very good at getting rid of the ball quick. Two and a half seconds. I think it's six fastest yeah. in the entire league. So they're going to have to. He's also very good under pressure this yes. year. One of the best in the league. And then amazing not under pressure. So there's really no winning with this offense. I do think, though, if Teron Armstead is out, also Austin Jackson, yes. their other tackle, is not Both practicing. Tackles. He could be up. That would be, yeah, I mean, there's only a certain point where you say, oh, I'm still good under pressure. Like, no, if you're getting, you're destroying that offense line and putting Tua in bad situations the whole game long. He's not going to perform well. I think that's your best recipe for success against this defense. Uh, because like I said, I just, I don't feel as confident in this secondary as you clearly do. Well, I think the goal for the Niners is if you can get pressure quickly, I still think Tua is going to be able to get the ball out. But I think the hope is most of the time he's going to have to throw it short. They'll, they'll still get some deep shots off because Mike McDaniel's not an idiot. He's going to figure out ways to do that. But I think I think the Niners are thinking most of the time, if we can force them to throw the ball short, our strength is pursuit and tackling. And that's how we're going to have to live in this game. And I think that's a very... There's nothing right now you would think that would prevent the 49ers from being able to do that. They should be able to get pressure, and they are very good at tackling. They have the fastest linebacking core in the league, which they're going to be under so much pressure this week. So I think that's the game plan on defense for the Niners. Quick pressure with four, leave seven in coverage, and tackle, tackle, tackle. And I think it's going to work. They're not going to stop them completely, but I don't think they're going to put up 30. Yeah, they might not put up 30, but if they put up 24, will the defense put up or will the offense put up 25? That is the question. And they're capable of it, like you said, but they have not proven it consistently. Yeah, I mean, and the Dolphins defense is not good either. So they should be putting up points. But like I said, everyone else could score two and a half touchdowns against the Saints. And apparently the 49ers can't. This is what it's like. Because when I'm looking at these odds of what an offense is going to do, especially when I'm looking at the bets, right? Mm -hmm. And I look through what every other offense has done, even the bad ones. It's like, okay, well, these teams are doing it. There's zero reason why the 49ers can't do it. And then I get frustrated when they just don't do it. It just keeps happening. It's like, how can every other team do it? But you can't. I mean, is it, did you have, do you have too many weapons? Do we need to take some away? (laughs) Well, maybe that's, maybe that's a goal here. I don't know. Well, that's going to be a thing. I think that Christian McCaffrey is not going to play in this game. You don't think so? I don't think. I know he was at practice or whatever, but I there was a quote from Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday that just caught my eye. The second to last question of his press conference, he was asked about Jordan Mason, and he was very complimentary. He's just so strong. He's explosive, yada, yada, yada. The last sentence of that answer is, it'll be interesting to see a full game with him I think that Jimmy let it slip that Christian McCaffrey is not going to be able to play or if he plays he'll be very very few snaps I'm excited to see Jordan Mason but my point in going into this whole thing is that maybe they will have one fewer weapon you don't think they would bring up Tevin Coleman oh they haven't activated him as far as I know they haven't but I'm fully expecting Tevin Coleman to be activated for this game Kyle loves probably steal all the touches yep I I mean Christian McCaffrey answered yesterday, I feel great when they asked him about his knee. So 
I mean, I know players lie, I guess, sometimes about their injuries or they just, you know, they're just optimistic and then the team doesn't let them go. Yeah. But I, I actually really felt like Christian McCaffrey would play in this game. I hope he does. Obviously, maybe he just means that Jordan Mason would get more touches because Elijah Mitchell will be up. You know, maybe that's just what he meant. It's possible. And maybe I'm reading way too much into it, which let's be honest, I have been known to do. I think, who do you think is more important to play in this game, Debo or CMC? Christian McCaffrey. And I I don't think Debo plays. I agree. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said this morning, actually, on KMBR, that he's got to be able to do something in practice today to even have a shot to suit up on Sunday because he hasn't practiced on Wednesday. He didn't practice yesterday. So it's looking like that quad is going to keep him out of the game. There's another. And you need him to stay healthy. Like, I, I get this is like a big fun game, but you brought it up. It's against the AFC. If they do end up losing it, it's not that big of a deal. You need him to win against the Buccaneers and the Seahawks and the Commanders. Like, those are more important. Yes, it would be great to have him in this game against a good offense. But, I mean, I'm sorry, but Brandon Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey are still better than most offenses have. And don't don't slight Juwan Jennings. He's got a role yeah. on this team too. I know. I'm always so I you, yeah, he's good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Now you're coming good. over. He's he's looking good. Hey, you were hating on him with me saying that they shouldn't be targeting him as much. Apparently they only target him on third downs and it freaking works, man. It's unbelievable how often that guy catches a pass on third down and turns into a first down. You want to talk about third down real quick. I, I think you're not giving the Dolphins and what Tua has been doing enough credit. Uh, Tua has the highest third down passer rating in a season since play-by-play data has been tracked <laughs> in 1991. Wow. So 145.6 passer rating on third down this year. The two right behind him, Steve Young, 1994, he had 141 passer rating, and Kurt Warner in 1999, 137. So those are the top three. Cool. Those two guys were the NFL MVP and won the Super Bowl MVP. That yes, I'm very aware that Steve Young won the Super Bowl in 1994. I was just telling you. Just telling you that. Nine-year-old. You're not, you're not giving Tua enough credit. I, I'm not a Dolphins fan in the slightest. All right. I actually really want them to just not make the playoffs. They're going to, I did not trust that Tua was going to make this leap. He is it. They are a very, very good team when Tua is at quarterback. Yeah, that's hundred percent accurate. I still think they can get to him. I still think they can pressure him. I still, I'm, I'm questioning Tua's mental toughness. I don't know if you saw this. He was really down on himself before this year. And Mike McDaniel made a reel, a highlight reel, essentially, of 700 good plays from Tua and gave it to him. Oh, that's nice. I mean, first of all, I doubt Mike McDaniel did that. I'm sure he had some poor quality control coach do it. But nonetheless, the fact that he needed that, to me, I do question his mental toughness a little bit. And I wonder if things start to go bad. Like, what adversity has Tua faced, not setting aside the injury stuff? The big comeback against the Ravens, fair. But I just wonder if the Niners can get at him a little bit. Maybe you shake his confidence a little bit. Maybe it's like, oh, we're not rolling, right? Things aren't going great. Hostile crowd. I don't know. I think you can get to him a little bit. Yeah, I'm not saying he's perfect. He's not Patrick Mahomes out there. I'm not giving him that credit. But, I mean, I don't know. That would be a – that's a bit of a stretch for me. 
that he's not mentally tough because of that. And I also just think that's a great leader in McDaniel to do that. Kyle Shanahan because would he was getting, never. <laughs> would never. He's getting destroyed by the media, and all he's done is back up his quarterback nonstop while when other guys get destroyed by the media – you know what name Trey Lance, then he, you know, his coach just stays quiet. I do think that's a whole other part of it too, that McDaniel's team is succeeding because they're buying in. These players are buying into him as a coach. Yep. And we're going to find out about Miami because this is a interesting little stretch for them schedule wise. Yep. Uh, now, like we said, the flip side applies to Miami, right? This is an NFC game for them. So it's not quite as important. Then they play the chargers, the bills, the Packers, the Patriots. So it's we're going to find out a lot more about Miami as we go along. And the Jets. You left them off, but they're a playoff team right now. The Jags? The Jets. Oh, the Jets. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I was just looking at the next, the immediate next couple of games. Um, yeah, right now, they're a playoff team. We'll see. Best of luck, Bob Sala. Let's get into some best bets for the week. There's a lot of ways you can go. How did you even cut it down? Because the hard part is choosing. Oh, it was easy for me. There were some guys I was definitely eyeing. So it's going to be a lot of, I guess, uh, chalk here. That's fine. Look, the money still counts. Like I get the money. So <laughs> I don't care if it's chalk. I mean, first up, it has to be Brandon Ayuk, right? Like Vegas does not respect this man. They just keep it low. I mean, once you, you're winning money with him, just keep doing it. Over 55 and a half receiving yards. He's hit this in six out of the last seven games. And then through it, like we've talked about, the Dolphins' defense is not good. Their secondary is not good. Through 11 games, the Dolphins have allowed 11 wide receivers to hit this over, so one per game. The only two games they didn't allow a guy to hit this over was against the Bears. They don't count. They don't have a wide <laughs> receiver. And the Jets with Zach Wilson at quarterback, that, that doesn't count either. So it's just like every week someone hits this over on a good offense or even just a – you know, not the worst ones in the league. So I, I there's no reason for Ayuk not to hit this over when, especially if Debo's missing the game. So, okay. I was going to ask you that. If you think it's more likely he hits the over with Debo out. I think he'll hit it either way, either way he hits it, but Debo being out. Yeah. You would think more targets would go his way. Look, he has lived up to the billing, man. I, I don't think you could feed him enough, especially like you said, with the wonky way they're using Debo Samuel. Like, get the ball to IU. He's He's been consistent for you. He's been great in the red zone. Talk about the red zone problems. He can get open in the red zone. He can separate from guys. So, yeah, I, I agree. Keep feeding IU. What do you think of Kittle's number? It's 41 and a half. Miami has had some issues with tight ends. Kyle Posey predicted it. I think Levin mentioned it yesterday. This could be a Kittle game. Yep, he's on my list. Ooh. And you know I'm the George Kittle whisperer. <laughs> That's true. So this is... This is a George Kittle game. I still think Ayuk will lead the team in receiving yards, but uh, George Kittle's line is 41 and a half receiving yards. Tell me, seems he's banged up. Maybe no Debo likely. This should lead to more targets to Kittle in the first place. But the Dolphins are allowing the second most receptions to tight ends this season and the six most yards. Mark Andrews put up 104 yards against him. TJ Hawkinson, 80. Pat Fryer moves 75. Jordan Aikens from the Texans, 61. Isaiah Likely, 43. Cole Komet, 41. So he just missed this line. George Kittle needs to get more targets in this matchup, especially if they're going to put up points. And this is too low of a line for me. So I, I feel pretty confident with this line. Are you also taking the over on catches, which is three and a half? 
Yeah, I, I saw that. If you think he's going to get 41 and a half, like you would think he would have to catch yeah, four passes yeah. unless he's just going to freaking shred them. Yeah, I think he catches four as well. So good. Result. I would love to see that. And especially with Debo out, because for whatever reason, Kittle's one of those guys that when he catches the ball, he like energizes the whole offense. Debo's the other guy that does that. But if he's not going to play or be limited in this game, it's going to fall to Kittle and they might need that. We have seen that sometimes where like they are just kind of sputtering and then all of a sudden they get a big completion to Kittle hit a play action to Jennings or whoever and like they, they kind of get moving a little bit so they need to do that this week and I just feel like every time we have a good tight end matchup they like at least Kyle Shanahan is looking at matchups and being like who do we exploit this week where can we you know where can we find a big advantage and I think that's it right here you have a big advantage with Brandon Ayuk as well I'd even bring up the Dolphins are allowing a targeted player to be wide open, which means three plus yards of space on 28.1% of opponent attempts. That's the second highest in the NFL. Damn. So Ayuk should have a lot of space. You say, damn, the 49ers are third highest. That's weird. Third highest. They've not been a good pass defense. Like they face a lot of, lot of bad quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm a... To help like a terrible quarterbacks to help their total passing yards number. But when you look at all the advanced stats, they're only causing a tight window throw and 10.3% of opponent pass attempts this season, fifth lowest in the NFL. Hmm. Well, that doesn't make me feel good. Are you surprised the Dolphins' total over-under is 20 and a half? Yeah, I think that's too low. I'd take the over. I don't think they're going to hit 30. I still think the 49ers defense overall is very good. I, I know I'm crapping on their pass defense. This is how they were last year, right? They had a good defense. Their secondary was pretty brutal for a lot of that time. They did step up, though, in the postseason, which was great. Their their secondary stepped up. They stopped all the great offenses. But we this is the same thing we were talking about last year. Like The secondary needs to be fixed. Secondary needs to be fixed. It looked like for a bit of this year it was getting mm -hmm. fixed. But I also think playing so many bad quarterbacks this year has really helped them look better. And then when you look at the advanced stats, it's like, ooh. They're actually been pretty bad. Well, I mean, yeah, we can't expect the secondary to lock anybody down this week, especially. But like you said, if this, I mean, if they're missing both their tackles, if the Dolphins are missing Teron Armstead, who's one of the best left tackles in the league, and then I don't really know much, much about Austin Jackson, but you can't be losing both of your starting tackles and expect, you know, not to get destroyed. So that is one way they could keep them under 20 is if Nick Bosa just goes off, which... He That's should. what I've said. You be the defensive player of the year this week, Nick Bosa. Like yep. we need it. And he came through last week against the Saints. Even before that fourth down play, he was destroying their red zone plays. He was getting pressure. There's not, you know, sometimes we, we lose track of that. Just if you don't get a sack, we kind of like don't look at the play. He was getting in there and disrupting things. He was massively important. Nick Bosa just won player of the month for November. He didn't win a single player of the week award. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was kind of weird. Well, he hasn't had two sacks in a game since the Rams game on October 3rd. So the first Rams game, which I mean, there's so many other ways that you could impact a game and pressure. So, you know, that's just, and he has had one saying much, but yeah, he has a lot of one sack games. every it's week. He gets one. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see him, you know, get the quarterback down, get to it down at least two times in this mm -hmm. game, but you know, let, like, let's see a Nick Bosa four sack game. Let's see it. Let's come on. I want to see it. And, Nick Bosa could be the one to completely turn around 
this game and keep the Dolphins offense out of the end zone. I want to see a Nick Bosa strip fumble. That's what we need. That's why Ooh. Micah Parsons is ahead of him in defensive player of the year. He's got a couple more sacks, but really he's got those big turnover plays. That's what we need from Bosa, and especially in a game like this, right? If you can turn the Dolphins over, that could be massive for the Niners. As we saw against the Saints, they got the turnovers when they needed them. Um, who is your lat? Do you have another bet? Oh, they're going to, they're going, yeah, I have one more bet. I actually have two more, but the 49ers need to win the turnover battle. I mean, they're 0-4 when they lose the turnover, turnover battle, 7-0 and when they're tied or winning. So they, it's because their offense can't overcome it. They just cannot, mm -hmm. they cannot put up points for whatever reason. So they're going to have to win that turnover battle. And the Dolphins don't turn over the ball all too often. Yeah, two has done a great job with that. Uh, and that's also part of the reason they score so many damn points. Uh, all right, what are your other best bets? So I'm going with Trent Sherfield. Over 22 and a half receiving yards. Revenge, revenge game, baby. Revenge game. He's hit this over actually in five straight games. So he's been, you know, a little involved in this offense. He's clearly the wide receiver three on this team. He had five targets in each of the last two games. And we bring up every week, go with the slot yep. guy against the 49ers. But the issue is the Dolphins don't really have a slot guy because they move everyone around. So it's, Tyreek Hill actually has the most uh, routes out of the slot, which is not fantastic to hear uh, <laughs> when you know he's going to be going at some 49ers slot. But then Trent Sherfield's right behind him. Jalen Waddle has a lot of snaps out of there as well. So they kind of mix in all three guys, which probably is helpful with making the offense even better. But that Sherfield just feels too low. Too low for him. I think he hits 30 yards in this game. You can't throw a rock and not hit somebody that's having a revenge game this week. I mean, it's freaking everybody. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Trent Sherfield, Mike McDaniel. They don't even have lines up for Wilson or Mostert, but I wouldn't feel brave enough to bet those anyways. Like this is a I don't know. I don't think they're gonna do anything against them, I don't right? Think so like, either. That is one area the 49ers are just so good at. And it's not like the Dolphins have been great at running the ball or anything. And it's going to be really interesting because this is the offense the 49ers defense sees all the time, right? So it's it's really going to be like, how much does that help them? How much of the scheme do they know? I'm fascinated to see this game. How this game is not flexed into Sunday Night Football, I will never I understand. How about this weird one? And this is just, I'm randomly throwing this at you. The over-under for rush yards for the quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo is three and a half. Tua is four and a half. Would you take the over on any of those. I might take it on Tua because he might be forced to scramble. Yeah, but then don't sacks go against you or no? Is that only in college? I think it might be only in college that sacks go against your rushing yards. So with Jimmy, he's been at two, three, or four yards in each of the last five games. Because he gets those quarterback sneaks. The Niners have the third most quarterback sneaks in the league. Yeah. Two, three, 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 four. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to bet on either of these. It just seems like total luck. And then also if you do a, if you kneel out at the end, you, you lose like, yards. Those do count against you. Yep. Cause remember Tom Brady yeah, famously, I don't want to bet that. You don't, you think somebody's going to be kneeling in this game? No one's going to be kneeling at the end of the game. Why? That could be a super close game. What are you, what are you talking about? That yeah, could be I any think, type of game. I think it could be a close game. And the last the team that has the ball is going to be desperately trying to score. 
Oh, maybe, but you don't know that. You don't know that. You could have, you know, you could be up by a field goal. There could be a turnover and then you just kneel it out. Like you never know what it is. You know what I'm saying? But there is last week, Tua had 26 rushing yards, but then the two weeks before that zero, and then he had a 13 yarder and then a zero, a 10 yarder, a 28 yarder. So sometimes he puts up some yards. He was under pressure last week. Once Teron Armstead went out, mm-hmm. the Texans put in a lot of pressure on him. So that's, and then they took two out of the game because they were like, we're not messing with this. They were up like 30 to three or something. Yep. But he, he went out of the game real early. Like I, that's like the earliest I've ever seen a team take out their starting offense. I don't know how he didn't tear both ACLs in that game. There's a play where he gets hit from behind. Yes. It was so gross. Right at the knees. And he's like bent over backwards. Like I literally was like, oh no, I, I l- have no idea. Not only how he didn't tear any ACLs, he stayed in the game. I was like blown away by that. Yeah. And I, this game would be so lame if it was Teddy Bridgewater versus the 40. Like I want to see both of these teams. I want to, I also, I think this is huge for the 49ers defense to show what they're really made of. And I'm not saying you have to keep them to 10 point. No, like, Keep them to 20 points, and I think that's a win. Like, I think that's a great defensive performance. Like, obviously, we'll have to, like, see how the game goes and how they're giving up these points. But keep them under 30, and I think that's a win. It's just the offense needs to finally show up. Has to be on the offense this week. You just can't make your defense carry you every single week. Uh, What's your last best bet? Oh, Jalen Waddle over 66 and a half receiving yards. They have Tyreek at 90 and Tyreek either destroys that or he doesn't hit it. <laughs> like it's either like 180 yards or far under 90. So I'm not, I'm not messing with that line. I think he could do it, but I do think the 49ers will be hyper-focused in on stopping Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but so is but- everybody. That's the problem. <laughs> I know, I know. I said that I still think he could hit it, but I'm not, I'm going to go with the easier one here with the 66 and a half receiving yards. He's hit this in five of his last six games. The only game he didn't hit it, he had 66, so a half yard wow. below it. And again, like I said, he's he goes into the slot often as well as long with is with everybody else. So I, I think when he's put there, he could do work. When he's not, when Travarius Ward's not on him because he's on a different guy, like they're going to have to mix a match. What do you think? What do you think Travarius Ward? Who do you think he's going to be on? Do you think he'll travel? Yeah. So it was interesting. He has, he traveled against DeAndre Hopkins. He played on the opposite side of the field, which is fascinating because they really haven't done that with him much this year. I just think it doesn't matter. Like there, I don't know that there's necessarily a point to having him travel because the Dolphins are just as comfortable throwing to Jalen Waddle as they are to Tyree Kill. And he's so good. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know that it matters. Although this is another game for him, like talking about Bosa, right? Bosa's got to be great. Travarius Ward, like this is why they signed you to that big money. Not saying you got to, you know, go Revis Island on anybody, but we can't have these guys running wild. You got to do something in this game. And I'll give him credit. He is an incredible tackler, especially for a defensive back. He has been really, really good. I think that's going to come into play because there's going to be so much room underneath in this game. Miami's going to send people deep. There's going to be dudes underneath. So that's why I think the linebackers are going to be under a lot of pressure. And I think that Ward's going to have to make some tackles too. It's going to, I'm just so excited. I am so excited, especially because I feel like they are kind of playing with house money a little bit. Even if they lose, even if people say, see, the Niners defense isn't really as good, whatever. None of that stuff matters. It's all just noise. So I'm just excited to see, as Steph Sanchez put it, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. That's essentially what you've got in this game. 
the Dolphins is the unstoppable force. The Niners D is the immovable object. And we'll see what happens when they, when they play this week. I wouldn't even care if they lost and it was like a 29 to 27 game. Like you show that you can put up points and it's a, like, as long as at the end of the game, it wasn't like they were coming back or anything. Like you're going back and forth with points here and it was a close game. Okay. You show that you can put up points in a shootout. I would just love to see that. Now, obviously it would also be nice if the 49ers just won 25 to 10, you know, like the defense did, they were able to hold the dolphins and you still saw the 49ers put up points, at least in the first half, or even in the third quarter to get that comfortable lead where we know, okay, the dolphins can't make a couple big plays here and come back. What are those two ways? I will be fine to see. I just, I don't want to see the dolphins put up 24 points and be like, well, look, the defense did well. And then the 49ers offense put up like 15 or 16 points. Like, no, that's not what I want to see. What if it's like a 13 nothing 49ers win? You're going to be mad. No, I won't. Because if you can hold this Dolphins offense to under 10 points, that would be like, okay, this this defense is unstoppable. Like, no one can beat them well, besides Patrick Mahomes. By the way, I, Went, but I want to give you credit because you predicted a Talanoa Hufanga turnover last week. Now, to be, to be fair, I predicted a pick six, which he... Did not he did not, game. but he had one of the biggest plays of the game, forcing the fumble. I'm giving you credit for that. Uh, Thanks. God, they could really use another one of those, but I'm worried about him this week because I think McDaniel's going to run those fast guys right at him, and I think he's going to be in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much you can put Tashawn Gibson on the field. <laughs> he's their starting safety. Uh, like, what is – he's an old man. I mean, he's been good. He's been good. Don't, don't get me wrong, but – what is he running right now? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna, it's going to be interesting how D'Amico Ryans tries to counter that because it, it's going to, you know, you sort of get stuck in that that eternal runaround. Well, I know you're going to do this, so I'm going to do that. But I know that you know that I know you're going to do this, so I'm going to do that. But you know that I know that who you... Who do you think has the advantage here? That's the thing. Like, who do you think knows more? I think that McDaniel knows more because, like, he clearly knows their offense. Um but I don't think it's like that significant. I don't think he knows that much more, you know, Joe Staley yeah. was what's crazy. Sorry. I just cut you off. Oh, I was going to say Joe Staley was on KMBR on Monday and he said, he doesn't think that either coach has, he thinks all that stuff is overrated, but I don't know. I think it matters a little. I think what's even crazier is you have all this stuff in between the dolphins and the 49ers with the coaching staff and the players playing on both teams or, you know, a lot of dolphins players once playing for the 49ers, but one thing that's going overlooked, I brought this up, is Travarius Ward and Tyreek Hill used to be teammates. Like, who had who wins that battle there with the information they know prior? Is it more helpful for the defender who's seen Tyreek Hill in practice and probably was on him a bunch? And will he feel more comfortable going up against him then? Or is it Tyreek Hill who knows how to beat Ward? Like, I, I wonder which way this is going to go. I think it's probably more helpful for the defender because the I think so the too. big advantage the offense has is they know where they're going. But the problem is, even if I know where Tyreek Hill is going, you still have to run with him. You still have to get there with him. And I just don't know that. I mean, no one can. But also, I, I think it is such a big thing 
to know Tyreek Hill's speed. He has to be so familiar with it. So he's not going to be caught off guard. You can know this guy so fast, but you're still going to get caught off guard for first couple of plays. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and like you have to get yourself positioned better. No, Ward knows that already. He is familiar with how fast he is. Nothing's going to feel off to him. He's like, yep, I completely know how fast this dude is, how far I have to be off of him, like how to play against him so I'm not destroyed. He has all that knowledge. There's like, I listen to the PFF podcast a lot and they always bring up the first time a defense goes up against Jamar Chase, Chase destroys them. Mm. And then kind of the second time he still is great, but it's not the same because they now know his speed and they're not caught off guard. And I I do think that could play into this a little bit when it comes to uh, Tarverius Ward being so familiar with Hill. I think that's huge. I like that. I hadn't thought of that. That's a really cool thing. Now I'm going to be uh, keeping my eye on it. The Ward-Hill matchup, the Armstead-Armstead situation. I mean, this game is so freaking weird. It's so fun. Yeah, it's so the fun. The 49ers versus the Florida Niners. What's crazy is this game's overshadowing the Bengals versus the Chiefs pretty good. Like even uh, last night's national media, they were just like, they were talking about the big things they're going to be talking about after the show. And it was like the Dolphins versus the 49ers game. Never once mentioned the Bengals versus the Chiefs, the, you know, the rematch from the AFC championship game last year. This week is actually one of the better weeks we've had the entire NFL season. You've got some really like sneaky, good games. Jets Vikings is suddenly a good game. Commanders giants matters a lot. Titans Eagles is going to be fantastic. Obviously, you've got Miami, San Francisco, and then Kansas City, Cincinnati, like you said. Even Raiders Chargers, I think, is going to end up being a fun game. This week is loaded, which, thank God, because I feel like we've had a couple Vikings weeks. Vikings drafts? Did you bring them? Yes, I did. did Thanks for listening. Did you bring up listening. the Vikings and the Jets? Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, I was. I actually was listening. I just didn't hear. I didn't think you, I didn't think you appreciated the Jets defense enough. That's all. Oh, I do. I just... I don't like how we have to suddenly decide whether Mike White's a franchise quarterback like right now. The dude's made four starts and one of them he threw four picks. So like, let's just chill. Who's who's making us decide? Oh, I feel like people like Richard Sherman was talking about it. People were tweeting out last week like Mike White's the guy. It's like I do think he has a massive fantasy week. Like, I think this is going to be really good for him. Mike White's my favorite scrumptious start of the week is what I had him on the ball blast podcast, but no, this is going to be a great week of football. Finally, we've had so many bad yes. weeks of bad matchups. I have to work the Bengals chiefs game. So that sucks. Oh. I'll have the 49ers dolphins on. Yeah, but that's a well, great, but, yeah, it's going to be a great game. A great game. But I really wanted to work the 49ers dolphins. Yep. I totally understand it. Well, what can you do? By the way, if you want more uh, fantasy advice, you can check out Michelle's column on NFL.com. Is it up right now as we're recording this? It is. Bam. It is. There you go. Uh, I'll also have a link to it in the article that I write for NinersNation.com, which is in there every single week. So you can get to it that way as well. Michelle, what's your final prediction for this game? Oh, man. I don't want 49ers fans to hate me. Come on. I think. Do it. I think they win. Yeah. I think the Dolphins win. Sorry. Oh, you think think the Dolphins win? (laughs) Yeah, I think Mm. the Dolphins win. I I think it's like a 26 to 23 game. Dolphins win. Mm. All right. My official prediction was 24-20, I believe. It was either 23-20 or 24-20 49ers. I'm sticking with it. Dolphins are going to get some touchdowns. They're going to get a long touchdown, I think, in this game, at least 30 yards or more. And they're going to score points in the second half. That whole thing, like, that's going to end this week. Um, 
but I still think the Niners are going to get it done. And I, God, I hope that they are. You can join us after the game. I mean, I hope that they do too. Like, I know I uh-huh. predict things when I say things. I really, really, really want to be wrong about what the line. No, I'm not wrong about these stats. Like, I just have to say the stats. It doesn't mean that the 49ers are going to suck in this game. It just means that they've struggled so far. They need to pick it up. Don't try and don't try and smooth it out and no, sugarcoat it. Forty Niners fans are gonna be so mad at me. Like I, I want you all to just know that I, you guys have made me crazy. Okay, <laughs> when I watch the Forty ers games, I care so much, and I'm mad at you all because you made me this person that now I actually get so frustrated when I'm watching the Forty ers games. They're so happy, you know. Either way, but. I didn't need this. I didn't need a second team to put this pressure on me. I hate you guys, hey, but I'm I'm here now. I'm with you, and I care just as much. Okay. This year, you do need a second team. Let's be honest. You're sitting there yeah, in your do, Steelers sweatshirt right now, but come on. I am very thankful for having a second team this year. I will say that. I actually just went back. So, the Packers game last year in the playoffs. Spotify told us that seven percent of our listeners this year started watching or listening to the podcast after that game for that broadcast. And you joined us on that show out of your mind. Drunk as hell. <laughs> I was going to say out of your mind, happy. Okay. You let the cat out of the bag, but you were just as pumped as I was. Oh yeah. Oh, you should have saw me watching that game. I was screaming <laughs> in the bar. I mean, the bar was loud just because it was a, you know, a late weekend night, but nobody really cared about the 49ers in there. And I was just like standing up like freaking out. <laughs> so yeah, I was, that was not okay during that game. It was like, I was watching a Steelers game, like exactly the same. So you guys have destroyed me and I don't like you. Welcome to the dark side. Enjoy the game, everybody. Remember afterwards, join us on the Niners Nation Facebook, YouTube, Twitter pages, my Twitch page. Thank you to everybody that has subscribed. Please keep subscribing. I'm trying to grow this thing as I just started it. Hopefully, we can do some more stuff there uh, too as we go forward. But this is going to be a ton of fun. Enjoy the game. Whatever happens afterwards, don't listen to the noise. Good, bad, or ugly. It's just going to be noise. If the 49ers defense struggles, people are going to say, oh, they stink. They're not that good. Don't worry about it. Just enjoy the game and have fun. And remember, join us afterwards. We'll be there breaking everything down. Michelle, I hope your Steelers win. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And I hope all your Niners predictions are wrong. (laughs) Me too. Bye, y'all. 